And now, another timely and powerful message from Pastor Emmanuel Williams and Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee. Turn your Bibles to Acts chapter 9. We'll read from verse 6 to 9. 6 to 9 quickly. Amen. We'll, I'll read one verse and you'll read one verse. So, if you don't have time to do your reading today, at least you did it in church. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. I'll read verse 6, Acts chapter 9, verse 6. And he, Saul, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told you what to do. Verse 7 is yours. Amen. Some of you got to wait on us. Amen. You got to wait for us. Praise the Lord. And let's learn to respect uh, punctuation marks. Amen. Verse 8, and Saul arose from the earth, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no man. But they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. Verse, wow, three days without sight, neither did he eat or drink. I wouldn't either. If I had that type of encounter, I would have lost my appetite. Amen, that's the kind of encounter we need. We need, amen, because it, what it does, it changes the trajectory of your life. Mm-hmm. Praise the Lord. And so this morning, what I want to do, I want to continue two Sundays ago. I think the Sunday before Palm Sunday, we began talking about uh, the difference between God's general will and God's specific will. You remembered? Amen. Praise the Lord. You know, we human beings in particular, we are interested in learning what is God's will for our lives. His specific will. We typically seek guidance regarding our employment. Lord, is that the right job? I mean, it's over 50,000. Is that the right job, Lord? Can you talk to a brother? Can you talk to a sister, Lord? Because the money looks good. It's two hours from a good church. But is that the right job. Oh, we may ask God for direction uh, with reference to getting married. Lord, is she the right one? Father, is he the right one? Because I don't want to make a mistake. Amen? Praise the Lord. Because if you're hitched, you're hitched forever. Amen? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Except the Bible say for certain circumstances. I didn't come here to talk about that this morning. Amen? Uh, but there, listen, saints, there is no reason to anticipate Precise guidance from the Lord until we carry out God's general will. As it is revealed in scripture. Amen. If you and I would submit to God's general will. And we are going to look at some of God's general will. What we are doing is positioning ourselves. Amen. To be directed into God's specific will for our lives. Amen. But you got to do what you know first. Amen. So God's general will is like starting the car, taking it out of the garage, and now you're on the road. And now you're ready to be steered into God's specific will. Amen. Don't you, don't you get preoccupied with God's specific will because, brothers and sisters, there's enough to do that's going to keep us really busy. Amen. I'm going to show you, you know, I, I, I was putting the sermon together last night and the tears came from my eyes because here I am talking about the path I have trodden. I need to say that slower. 
here am I teaching a path I have trodden. It's one thing. The beautiful thing about the Holy Spirit is he inspires you to go places you've not been as yet. Listen now. Now, if you've not been there experientially, but you've been there verbally, you've got to walk there. Because if you do not walk it, you don't have the power and conviction to convey it. Are you getting what I'm saying? So here are my, and the tears are flowing from my eyes because I remembered my days. So I need you, please, brothers and sisters, to hear me out. I'm not teaching this because I heard it somewhere. Oh, yeah, I did do some reading, but I'm teaching this also because I have trodden that path. And I'm not even sure where I am today. If, if it's, that's, where, that's where God really wanted me. I know that's where he wants me now. But in the future, one of you might be here. You should be smiling. That means growth. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Oh, pastor, I have to go. Maybe the Lord has something else. Amen. And once you, some of you say, no, pastor, but that's okay. Praise the Lord. Amen. So, brothers and sisters, uh, uh, we need first to walk with God. You remember who said that? To get into God's specific will, we first need to what? Walk with God. Walk with God like Noah did. Walk with God like Enoch did. And I'm going to show you, there is no need to get yourself preoccupied with God's specific will. Man, you can be okay where you are. Because I was okay where I am. And I just got pushed over into pastoring. Is that alright? But I was okay. Because listen to me, brothers and sisters. Hear me out. There is one overarching will of God for every Christian. I'll discuss it to you in a while. And when you arrive there, it's going to be difficult to pull you out of there to do anything specific. <laughs> hey, God. Praise the Lord. Amen. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. So, how does walking with God look? I submit to you, it is first, you first have to find what God's will is. Now, I do not want to, uh, I, I don't want to, I don't want you to think that what I'm discussing is different from what we read. Saul asked two of the most important questions when he got knocked off his horse. One, who are you, Lord? Every Christian should find out, who are you, Lord? As soon as you get saved, you should be on a path to find out who are you, Lord. For that matter, we are told the very first thing we should do is as newborn babes, desire, 1 Peter 2, 2, don't turn there, please leave our text there. Desire the sincere milk of the word. And if you were saved, if you got saved, like me, I got saved, but I was not placed on a path. And I'm not blaming my pastors. No, 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 no. I'm taking responsibility. I should have been reading the Bible. And know for myself, I'm a, I am an adult. Yes, we thank God for spiritual leaders, but we have a part to play. And that is why we here, I tell you, you have a part to play in our deliverance, in your deliverance, in your promotion, because it's not always about the spiritual leader. Jesus always said, it's according to your and so I'm not sure where we get the idea, you know, that no, 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 brothers and sisters, you have a part to play. A child is growing, a child grows with or without the parent's permission. They just grow up and then they leave. And then we were crying. 
I remember the days I used to bring EJ to school, Emmanuel, to school. And I enjoyed the days driving him. You know, and he, he, would, say, he would be saying, Daddy, and he calling me Daddy. The boy is driving to school now. <laughs> and I miss those days. He left one morning and I walked in his room, walking back and forth, saying, My son has grown. <laughs> <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> he, he grew. And that's what I'm saying, brothers and sisters. We have to take the responsibility to grow. And our formula, our, our formula here is one proverb, five psalms. That's how you start. What's our formula? One proverb, five. Every day you find yourself a quiet place and you read the proverb of the day and five psalms. Day one, Proverbs one, Psalms one to five. Day two, Proverbs two, six to ten. Some of you got it. Day three, Proverbs three, eleven to fifteen. Day four, Proverbs four, sixteen to twenty. Amen. That's how you get started, and God is going to pull you in and suck you in. And I will tell you, brothers and sisters, if you are not, if you have not started, please start. Let me say that again. If you have not started, amen, to deposit God's word in your spirit, use your own mouth and let your ears hear you read God's word. Mm -hmm. Amen. This is what the Bible calls in Mark chapter 4, the sower soweth the seed. Not only the preacher sows the seed, you at your house, you sit down, read the Bible and sow the seed in your heart. And then the teacher, the Holy Ghost is going to pull Pull up next to you and then you, you have your pad, you have the Bible, a nice cup of coffee or tea. And then the teacher begins, you begin to hear him. I'm going to say this from that pulpit until everybody starts doing it. You know, I found out I was talking to a few Christians, they haven't started. I've been hollering that for the last five years. Now I understand when Jesus told the disciples... Don't you understand? Haven't you perceived? Don't you see what's happening? What's going on? And I heard a pastor, not me, I heard a pastor call them disciples. <laughs> Anyhow. They, <laughs> they just could not get it. Notice, I didn't call them that. The pastor, I heard him in. So I thought I would share it. <laughs> Since there is a great falling away coming. A great falling away. We have already begun to leave. Are you getting what I'm saying? So now you and I, we need to anchor ourselves in the word of God. Write it on the tablet of your heart. So it, you can pull it out and speak it forth with power and authority. Mm. So... He's now down from his horse. He's on the ground. He asks a very powerful question. Lord, who are you? The second question. Then the, Jesus, then the Lord answered. Mm -hmm. The Lord answered. He said, Lord, who are you? And the voice said, I am Jesus. Not Michael. Not God. I am Jesus. So who's Lord? Some of you, some of you saying, I'm not like, like I'm not sure. It's in the Bible. The man fell down and he asked, Who are you, Lord? 
Can you back up to verse 5? Verse 5, please. Same chapter, verse 5. And he said, Saul is down on the ground. His face is groveling in the dirt. And he asked, Who are you, Lord? It has to be a Lord's encounter. And what was the response? And the Lord said what? So why are some people saying he's not Lord? I have a lot, but a lot of people said to me, well, Jesus never called himself God. And I was, I told you I was at a barber shop and there was a big talk, you know, uh, going on. And, and I'm just, I'm just sitting there very quiet. You know, just itching, itching to say something until they come down to me. And the guy said, uh, they said, there's a pastor over there. And in my heart, I said, thank you, Lord. Because I came to give light in darkness. I walk loaded. Because I carry God. So I said. Everybody listen. Let's go to the Bible. The final authority. And hear what it says. John 13 13. Can you go to John chapter 13 verse 13. Let us hear what Jesus said about himself. John 13 13. Glory be to Jesus. He said to his disciples, you call me what? Master means ruler, conqueror, el elion, overcomer, the one who's in charge. You call me and, and what? And Lord. And he said, you are correct for so I am. A hush fell over. A hush fell over. Everybody did like that to go eat lunch. Because the truth finally surfaced. <laughs> is he Lord? He's the ruler. And he's our friend. He's our brother. At the same time. I mean, this is wonderful. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Amen. So let's continue here. Praise the Lord. Amen. So as I said, how does working if the Lord looks? Well, we said first you have to do God's general will. Because the reason you have to do God's general will is because we are first called to service. We are first called to serve. And after you've served, amen, sufficiently, when you get a servant heart, when you've been broken down by God, let me say that again, when you've done what? Broken down by God. You remember Moses? Moses had a lot of pomp and power. He was in Egypt, third in rank, according to Josephus and Eusebius, secular historians, amen, who wrote about the history of the Jews. They are not Christians, so they, all the accounts corroborated. So this is what they said. They said uh, Moses was third in line. He powerful, had the best of Egypt. He went to the best universities in Egypt. He went and he conquered Ethiopian, brought it to, to Pharaoh on a platter. He was the general. So you have Pharaoh, Pharaoh's son, and Moses. A lot of pump. He's ready. He knew why he was born because his mother raised him up in Pharaoh's house. You know the story. How many of you are Christians here? <laughs> so he knows, but he wants to go ahead of God. He hasn't walked with God first. Uh. <laughs> so he decided to go ahead of God. When you do that, you cost people problems. When you try to go ahead of God. In your own way, in your own time, because you you know your some of you know your calling, but you but you wouldn't do what you have to do. I'm going to show you one of God's will is that you submit to the authority of men and women 
Some of you cannot. I have had people here who doesn't want to submit to the authority here and they want to preach. And they want to partake in the ministerial things of the church. Devilish. And so they left. Look, I, I am, I, look, in 2023, when I, when I began preaching, I was afraid. I was, elder, I was afraid to tell the truth because I was afraid people leave. And God said to me, I'm the man bringing them anyhow. <laughs> They've come to me, Pastor. I, want, I gave them the list. There are four things you have to do one, two, three, four. They want to buck the system. And Eric, I just smile. <laughs> because I, I, you know, I was like that. I was hard headed. Hard headed. I was proud. I was working at a bank in the island, very prestigious bank, making a lot of money, could change cars when I wanted. And God brought me here. To go to university. I thought he did. He brought me here to humble me. You have no idea what a good humbling. It was undoctor. It was good for me. I, because I would not have changed. I was high. I was. You know what it is to be. To have money. And you can change vehicles. And then you're Christian. You have a Christian group. And when they call your name. Everybody knows. I came here. Nobody knew me. A student at FAMU, lost my scholarship, poor. I ended up at the, uh, you, you remember, how many of you remembered? I'm going to tell you. I'm afraid to tell you about me because you might disrespect, but you might lose respect for me, but I don't care. Listen. How many of you remember when the food stamp place was on the parkway, the food stamp place? The food stamp place on, you remember that? Some of you, some of you are not old enough. Some of you, that's okay. But the food stamp place was on the parkway and Elabrenda had lost all my scholarships. I was living on the floor. How many of you know where Alpine is? Well, well, Levy of Lake Brackford. Levy Street. I used to live off Levy Street, uh, close to Alumni Village. There was an apartment complex there called Levy. Alpine, sorry, Alpine. And my best friends were roaches. Uh, listen to me, I was sleeping on the floor in, 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 in an African house. On the floor. And one day, but I was vigorously reading the Bible. And one day the devil whispered to me, look at you. Who you worked at the head bank and you commanding this and that. You, you, look, look at you. And the tears begin to fall from my eyes. I went to the footstep place on the parkway. Some of you need a good dragon. You know I said that last week and a few, and a few people got offended. Let me say it again. Some of you need to be taken in the dirt. And like, like I did, like God did me. And take your head and pass it. In the mud so you can come to yourself. Like the prodigal son did. So, so, so I went in there. You know when you went. I went in there. And I was. And you know sometimes. I don't know if you knew. But you would go in there. And they believe they own the food stamp. You know what I'm talking about. They, <laughs> Emmanuel. I came up. Yes ma'am. Why do you take so long to come? I just ran up. Anyway, I have five minutes. I got to go to lunch. What do you? <laughs> and the devil is telling me, look where you are. And doc, I got my book of stamps. And I went and sat at the bus stop. Because I had a car. The car, all the paint was spilling up from the car. 
It was like a leper on wheels. Have you? They called it low, L-O-W, leper on wheels. So some of you, let me, some of you look at me and you think, well, he, you have no idea. And so I sat down in the bus stop, weeping convulsively, shaking. He was breaking me down, turning me into a servant. Yeah. Yeah. So I could learn how to trust in the Lord. And lean not on my own understanding. In all my ways, learn to acknowledge him. Learn to stand on my knees before any man. You see, before I had respect of persons. Now I have not. Yeah, yeah. God will do that to you. God will... Well, let me move on here. I think you get the idea, right? Praise the Lord. Because that's what, listen to me, brother, that is what Moses had to go through. Because you see, he was, he was ready to do the will, but not trained as yet. And so Moses ran from God, not ran from Egypt. Because he killed an Egyptian. God's way is never death. To your route. Never killing to your route. Amen. To, uh, sorry. Is, killing is never part of the route to get to doing God's will. Amen. Whether it's. Listen to me. Whether it's, whether it's a Christian. Whether it's a Jew. Uh, a Gentile. That's not God's will. God has his way. And God could not honor that. And so it was exposed that Moses ran in the wilderness. It took him 40 years. 40 years. To break down. To become a servant. When God finally appeared to the man, he, had, he was settled to be just a shepherd. You remembered? He saw a burning bush. And he went. He wasn't going at first from the text, but he decided, well, let me just go see what's going on. And the Lord spoke from the burning bush. And the Lord told Moses, I have heard the cry of, the, of my people. I want you to go. And Moses said, yes, I'll go. No. This time he's been broken down and he began to make excuses. You see, now he's ready. Before he wasn't, now he's making excuses. He finally realized that he can, he, John 15, 5, you can do nothing without me. It took him 40 years. 40 years to bring a man to his knees. God will never bring some of you to your knees. I'm, I, 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 I'm going to prophesy. Some of us will never get to our knees. Because listen to me. The, the, the emotional breakdown. And the giving up. Some of us are too proud for that. I, I know I'm too, I have seen young men who were called to be preachers. They're still on the road in Tallahassee. Because what it takes... What it takes to settle you and anchor you, it can be very humiliating. But the Bible says, God said, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. Since we need to hit ground zero. When you hit ground zero, that is when you're ready. 
Moses finally hit ground zero. God came. He's making excuses. Because now he's ripe. But he doesn't know he's ripe. Thank you. God knows he is. Finally. After much tugging and fighting. He gave up. And he said God. I will go. Isn't that something else? Wow. Many of us are going through the same struggles. So when I said to you that I'm teaching what I've been through, I know exactly what I'm talking about. I know what it does to you. But it is so wonderful because you get to a place, you get to a place where you can live in a matchbox and it's okay. You, you, you have learned to be content in whatsoever state you are. You respect every human being. Those society forget you still respect them. <laughs> because they have a soul given to them by God. Oh, but it's going to take you some time to get there. That is why I keep saying God's specific will. <laughs> ah, God, I give you praise. I give you glory. And so what I did last week, I began talking about some of God's general will. And the first one I mentioned was, brothers and sisters, is, I think it's 2 Peter 3.18. We are told to grow in grace. Amen? You got it? Growing grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. What, what did he say? Grow in grace. So every Christian is responsible to grow in grace. Uh, Luke 2 52, don't turn there, but Luke chapter 2 verse 52, it says that Jesus grew in wisdom, stature, and favor. Grace and favor is the same Greek word, charis. It means favor with God and with men. And so every Christian has a responsibility to grow in grace. Can you say niceness? Yeah. That's what grace is. Have you met somebody that's so graceful? Well, you, you don't sound like you've met a few. Have you met somebody that is so graceful you just want to stay around them? They are so pleasant in their response. Mm? Are you getting what I'm saying? That every Christian, God has called every Christian to, be, to grow in grace. Just be nice. And if you're that person, you can be an effective witness. When you start talking about me and the in-laws and they're giving me problems. And you haven't grown at all. Now you get what I'm saying? You haven't what grown at all. Because maybe you are the light God is using to change these unbelievers. And you keep failing every time. How I know it happened to me. Can you tell somebody grow in grace? Yeah, yeah, grow in grace. Yes, every Christian is supposed to grow in grace. Grow to be a nice person. The Bible said Jesus was anointed with the oil of gladness above all his fellows. Above what? Oh, he was anointed with the oil of gladness, meaning he was just a nice person to be around. The only people who didn't like Jesus were the Pharisees and the Sadducees because they saw him as a competitor. That's all. But he was a kids run to him. They called him a friend of publicans and sinners. I heard somebody say Republicans. No, publicans. <laughs> well, we know how we vote. I'm just joking. <laughs> Can I joke in the house of the Lord? 
<laughs> Praise the Lord. You know I love you, right? Honestly. One of these days, we're just going to do a big cookout. Amen? And just sit and enjoy the Lord. One Saturday, is that all right? Just cook a lot of food and sit out there and just watch one another and just smile. Praise the Lord. Who knows? We might just get raptured. <laughs> but the Bible says, this right here changed my life. Growing grace and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Not just in knowledge. Knowledge of God. How do you grow in knowledge of God? One proverb, five sounds. I think you get in the idea. Glory be to Jesus. Amen. So you grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And that's what I said before, brothers and sisters. If when you get saved, you are not placed on a path. Because I was not placed on that path to grow in grace. I was not placed on 1 Peter 2 to regimen. Let's look at what 1 Peter 2 chapter 2 means. What, what it says. Amen. You need, we all should have been placed on that regimen when we got saved. As newborn babes. Desire the sincere milk of the word. Why? We are talking about growth here. So the sincere milk of the word. I'm talking about pure teaching. With no agenda. Like Jesus taught. Mm -hmm. That's what the Bible says. That the Bible calls that the sincere milk of the word. Why? That we may grow thereby. Unfortunately, brothers and sisters, we get saved and we are not we are not placed on that regimen. That's why I said, one proverb, five psalms. Amen. That will get you started. So that should get you started. Amen. Started and it'll be all right. Because you now, you're now on the, Vic, on the road driving. God is going to steer you now. You're out of the garage. Hey, you came out. I'm coming out. You're out now. <laughs> now the world is no, the world will know me now. <laughs> I'm out. Praise the Lord. I'm, I'm a witness. So, brothers and sisters, these are some of God's general will. I mean, these are some of the general will that we have to submit to before we start walking in God's specific will. I want to share with you the overarching will which of God for every Christian. Because I, I have, for some reason, the question I've got the most all my years of pastoring is, Pastor, what is God's will for my life? There seems, to be a, there seems to be a preoccupation. And folks seem, and we Christians seem to think that we're missing out. Amen. But let me show you what is God's overarching will. Let me show you what God shared with me. Amen. And I got so excited down that route when God did call me to be a pastor. I didn't want to leave. Praise God. Can you go to Romans chapter 8 verse 29? This is the overarching, God's overarching will for every Christian. Amen. For whom? Every Christian. Praise the Lord. Romans 8 29 for whom he did for new so God looked down the corridors of eternity uh, that's what for new means to know in advance ahead of time he also did predestinate now I have to explain that word predestinate because I think that word has been hijacked by certain religious group to say that God chose some at the expense of others Amen. How many of you heard of the doctrine? How many of you have heard of the doctrine of predestination? You've heard about that. Where some people say, well, God chose such and such to go to heaven, and the others he did not. Well, if he did, he has to he has to reconcile 2 Peter 3 9. Don't turn there. It says, God is not slack concerning his promises, but it's not his will that any should perish. You, you, you have to reconcile that. If it's not God's will, 
that any should perish. Why is he choosing some to go to heaven and go to hell? Others. So we have to explain predestination. Notice what it says. Pre before destinate a destination. So it's a pre. It's a destination that's directed ahead of time. Now the, the, the question is what was destinated? This is to be what? That's what, well, that's what was predestinated. Conformity to the image of the son of God. So God looked down the corridors of eternity and he said, every Christian that gets saved, they're going to end up like Jesus, period. <laughs> One day, when Jesus comes back, the Bible says, when we see him, we'll be just like him. Because God predestinated it. Not, not, not saying some... Uh, who, 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 I feel so hurt talking about it. Let me move on here. So for whom he did for new, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of Jesus. Everybody who's here, whether or not you like it, you're going to be like Jesus. <laughs> Just like him. <laughs> and to, you can be that to the extent you renew your mind. You can be that now to the extent we renew our minds. Amen. So predestined to be conformed to the image of to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. We are all going to be like Jesus. He's the only one of his kind in heaven with a glorified body. So he is ahead of us. Amen. And God said, You see that glorified body Jesus has? One day, every Christian. I have predestinated that. This is God's overarching will for every Christian. Listen to me. Doing that alone will keep you busy until Christ comes. <laughs> so, I'm saying that because I was so, in 94, 95, I was so um, preoccupied with, what is God's will for my life? God? What is God's will for my life? And one day I was reading and God said, right here, get busy doing that. Get busy being conformed to the image of Jesus. Get busy being just like Jesus. Nice like Jesus. Kind like Jesus. Forgiving like Jesus. Selfless. Like Jesus. And, I, 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 and he brought another for me. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 32. Let's go there. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 32. This is the, these two verses that changed my life. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. I hope it does. And be kind to one another. Tender hearted. I had to work on that part. Tender heartedness. Yeah, yeah. Joe, I had to work on that. You know, sometimes you can be rough. And then we say, well, that's how I am. No, that's not how you are. That's how you choose to be. And that's how you want to be. <laughs> but this is in the Greek imperative. And that's when a command is given. Be kind to one another. Can you be kind to one another? Can I be kind to you? Can you be kind to me? Regardless of, regardless of the challenges that we are going through. We all come to the church the same way. When I entered that church, when I entered there this morning, I put all my bags down and I open the door. And every time I do that, I remind myself, all your garbage you're bringing, leave it out there. That's what I, that's what I do when I, every time I open the, the church doors, elder, I put all my bags down. It's reminding me, all your garbage you, you have, you brought with you this morning, leave it behind. Then I pick it up again. <laughs> because it's a metaphor. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But I am just telling myself that's what I do. 
Praise the Lord. So, 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 because when I come in here, amen, I'm coming to meet God's people. God's precious people. Amen. These are pe- God, God is in love with everybody here. Jesus died for everybody here. So who am I to call you these people? When we Christians start calling each other these people, you bet something's wrong with us. We don't have our theology right. It doesn't matter how much we dance and jump. <laughs> You're still calling Christians these people, something is wrong. <laughs> well, well, okay, okay. Alright, some of you look like, some of you look like me, no pastor. You know, I still can jump around and shout the Lord and nothing. And nothing, and I still can call people. No, you cannot refer to Christians as these people. These are God's people. God, Jesus died for them. Yeah. Moving over from God's general will to God's specific will. And you know, from my experience, as we submit to this general will, what it does, it places you in a path to be used by God for something specific. Are you getting what I'm saying? That's what it does. Because what it's doing is training you. You're being trained to be like party in the hands of God. Clay, just simple. You doesn't matter what direction you turn the clay, it stays. And that's what that's what happened. That's what's happening when we submit ourselves to this general uh, uh, will of God. You know, there is another way. Can you go to first first Timothy chapter uh, first? there's a rapid there's a rapid succession of verses I need to read before I go to this last one can we go to 1st Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 16 I'll just read the 7 verses amen these are what helps us to to be positioned amen 1st Thessalonians 5 18 I was about to skip it the the Holy Ghost said to me no let's go through it quickly you got it verse 16 1st Thessalonians in everything talk about a general will (laughs) in what in everything do what? And it tells you what? What it tells you? This is... Oh, oh. Oh, oh. <laughs> it's telling you here, this is the will of God. In everything, give thanks for this is the will of God. In what? Concerning. You give thanks in it, not for it. Praise the Lord. Amen. You give you because it's a sign of maturity. It's a sign of dependence on God. Yes, Lord, I may have love, I may have lost you, but I give you praise because you're a restorer. You can give me double for my trouble. You can turn things around. The king's heart is still in your hand. And you can give me favor. So I'm going to give you thanks. I'm not going to break down like a two-dollar suitcase. No, I'm going to stand and give God praise. You've heard you, you, you that song, through it all, through it, I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. You know that song, through, you all do not know that song. To depend upon his, you know that song. I've, yeah, something of that sort. Next verse, you got in everything, give thanks for this is the, no, no, let's back up to 16. 16, please. 16. Rejoice! Lord have mercy. (laughs) Rejoice evermore. The companion verse to that, don't change there. The companion verse is Philippians 4.4. In air! (laughs) Praise the Lord. (laughs) Philippians 4.4, it says, what it says? Anybody knows? 
Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, God had to double down. Because hear that. When you say rejoice in the Lord always. Rejoice in the Lord all the way. You know, that's, that's an impossibility. Some folks say, no, no, no. I, I, I cannot be rejoicing all the time. God said, and again. In case you didn't hear me the first time. Let me double down. And tell you what I mean. And again, I say. I say rejoice. Because I am El Elyon. The Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. Mighty warrior. Lion of the tribe of Judah. Creator of heaven and earth. So with tears in our eyes. Sometimes we have to rejoice. With tears in your eyes. I've lifted my hands. This week I lift my hands this week. I was going through some challenges. My wife knows and tears came from my eyes. I say Lord I choose to rejoice. I choose to rejoice. Ah, glory be to God. I choose to rejoice. I choose to rejoice. Yeah, yeah, you have to choose to do that. How many of you know that's very humbling? Yeah, yeah, it's very humbling. To be going through hells and everything heading south. And you still stand with tears in your eyes and say, I still choose. <laughs> still choose to rejoice. Verse 17, verse 17, quickly, a rapid succession of, of uh, pray without what? Pray without ceasing. And it's, uh, we said it's an attitude of prayer. Amen. It's not, you're not in the office doing your accounting work talking about blessed or No, no. It's an attitude of prayer. Knowing that you can talk to God about everything, anything, anytime. It's, it tells of the, the posture of your heart. It shows that you are humble, ready to ask God for help. Every time in any circumstance. That's what it means. Without ceasing. It has to be a lifestyle. Okay? Character trait. If I can say that. Amen? Let's continue. Let's continue. Verse 18. We just said verse 18 was. Okay. In everything give thanks. For this is the will of God concerning you. We have some more. Verse 19. Despite. Quench not the. Oh oh. You see these nudges we keep getting and ignoring. Yeah, you see these nudges, we, and we, we just keep knowing every direction the Holy Ghost gives, gives us, we go otherwise. Because we don't like it. Or we don't like that person. Or it is very uncomfortable, and we chose not to do it. You get a nudge, do this. Well, you know, it's okay. Tuesday afternoon, I just came from work. Lord, come on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I've had a hard this work, Lord. You mean, can you get somebody else? I'm telling I was a mess in my Christian life. <laughs> uh, talking to God like hey, you know. God is trying to bless me and I'm telling him go go, you know, go, go elsewhere. Can you go to verse verse 20? despise not prophesying you know i used to do that because let me share with you i used to despise prophesying because i saw people abuse prophecy yeah i saw what i let me tell you what i've seen i have seen a prophet go to a young a young lady and tell her god said this is your husband and she looked over and she said if that's my husband i'm not getting married <laughs> Uh, 
See, I've seen a little bit. I've seen some stuff. I've been in church five years. I'm now 55. I've seen a lot of stuff in church. 50 years in church. And you know what the girl did? She rebelled. She go out, got pregnant. Young Christian girl, love the Lord, fighting God, but it wasn't God, it was, and the guy was his cousin, so he was looking for a wife for his cousin. <laughs> you, 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 you see that kind of game, you know, <laughs> she said, <laughs> let me tell you, she, she took off, she left town. She said, I'm disobeying God. <laughs> and you, you see, people will do that when you are spiritually. You know, biblical illiteracy is pervading the church. Let me say that again. Biblical illiteracy is pervading the church. Since the Bible says in Proverbs 19:2, it is not good that the soul be without knowledge. When you are not knowledgeable in God's word, people take advantage of you. When you carry God and somebody tell you something that's not of God, you know immediately. And say, no, no, not today. Yeah, I cancel that. In Jesus' name. Let me move right along. I think you get the picture, right? <laughs> and because of that, I despise prophecy. But prophecies, yeah, it's real. Oh, powerful. It's a gift. Yeah. What's Corinthians 13? One of the gifts lifted there. Amen. Is there one more? Or oh, that's it. 21. Praise the Lord. Prove all things and hold fast to that which is right. Prove all things. To be able to do that, you must be acquainted with truth. Amen. You must have something to look. Whatever, you re whatever you're receiving, you must have truth to put it against. To say, well, is that true? That's not true. Again, you need to do your one proverb and five psalms. That's how you get truth. Amen. Praise the Lord. I think that that was the last one. Hallelujah. Oh yeah. Abstain from all appearance of evil. Lord, I give you praise. Not evil itself. Just if it just look bad. If it just what? Look bad. Just don't do it. If it what? If it looks bad for me being married to go out. Amen. To wrestle with another female to counsel her. That's the appearance of evil. So I just don't do it. You know, I thought I would use myself because it's better to talk about yourself. Amen. <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? If it just, if it looks bad, don't do it. Yeah, just, just humble yourself. Just humble yourself because God is trying to secure your future. Do not, listen to me, brother, do not ignore these general wills. I have one more will for you, general will, that I'm going to, uh, uh, before the last one. Lord, I, I, have, I have a verse the Lord gives me to give you. But he keeps... Can you go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 2 and 3. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. For you know that, you know what commandment we gave you by the Lord. Paul said what? You know what commandment we give you. Jesus gave me that for you specifically. Let's see what Jesus gave him. Go to verse 3. Here it is. For, the, you, for what? So whatever Paul is going to say, it is the will of God. Here it is. Even your, you know what sanctification is? It has been separated unto God. Not just separated. 
Amen. But it's separated unto God. You separate yourself from the things of this world unto God. He said that you may abstain from. Now fornication is a loaded word. Okay. It's not what we think it is. Let me tell you what it is. Amen. You know some of you have your own thinking. It is a, it is the Greek word is a porneia. And that's where we get the English word pornography. Amen. Porneia comes from a root, root word that means to act the harlot. Fornication in the Bible means to arc the harlot. It's a broad word that includes practices such as adultery, premarital and extramarital intercourse, homosexuality, lesbianism, and all other perversions. Even, even looking at hard porn. It's right there. It's just a loaded word. Amen. So the Bible says, even your sanctification and how you, stay, how you get sanctified, stay away. From these things. What, what do you do? You stay away from these things. You still like me? Yes. Because I got to tell you the truth. Uh, I, I have, you know I told somebody. It doesn't matter what you tell me. I have to stand before God. And you are not distracting me. Oh no. You are not distracting. <laughs> I have set my flesh like a flame to obey God. Now, I, I listen to what you have to say, and I take it to God. And if God tells me it's trash, it's going in the trash dump. Yes, sir. Praise the Lord. Because everybody has an input. You have to listen to people because God speaks through people. But some people just speak out of their own desire, their own flesh. What they want, what they would like to happen. 1 Peter 2, 13 to 15. Let's look at another will quickly. And I'm going to give you the last one. Amen. Pastor Webb, is that all right? After that, I know I've said last time four times. I'm so sorry. Ah. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> you, you got it. 1 Peter 2, you got it. Submit yourselves to every ordinance of what? Men, for the Lord's sake. Now, we know he's talking about good ordinance. Rules that every business has rules and regulations. The Bible says you submit to the rules and regulations. For whom? For the Lord's sake. You don't come out like a rebel. Because you lose the opportunity to witness. Man, power in Christianity is really going down. That's when, when you go down, that's when you get power. When you humble yourself. And you look like you've lost every right. When you give up your right, that's when you get powerful. When you say, everybody's right, I'm wrong. Heaven say, oh, we got a winner down there. Yes. Yes. When you say that, God is interested. Whether it to be the king as supreme. Can you continue? Verse 14. Uh-huh. Verse 14, or unto governors as unto them that are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers. Can somebody say the popo? Somebody, it's right there. <laughs> I mean, God is so good. Listen, God is so good to me. I was, I, I was going to show a house yesterday afternoon and I was rushing because I needed to come back to do my, to, you know, to, to get my sermon. Because I do, I do some real estate on the side. Rushing. And I'm doing 60 in a 45. Hear me? 
16 of 45. How many of you know that's wrong? And all of a sudden, that was yesterday afternoon, the 15th of April, 2023. All of a sudden, Elder Brenda, woo, woo, woo. The green light, green and blue, and a little mixture of red. <laughs> Lord, <laughs> pull me over. I say, Lord Jesus, help a brother. <laughs> One thing with me, I'm quick to say I'm wrong. I say, Lord, I'm wrong. Can I get some grace? I said, I'm going to talk about grace tomorrow. <laughs> so the officer came. He said, sir, where's your, where's your? He said, why are you speeding so quick? I said, sir, I'm a real estate agent. I have some clients just down the road and I'm rushing to go. You know, I got to, I told him, I got to make a little money for my family, you know. <laughs> he said, I understand. So can I get your driver's license? <laughs> <laughs> he said, you're on, on your insurance. So I said, so every, I said, so everything is in order. And he said, we'll see, we'll see. So he went to his vehicle. I said, Lord Jesus, you need to help a brother out. So while he's over there, I'm speaking in tongues. Lord, I'm wrong, but Tasarababa. I saw him coming with the ticket. <laughs> and he said, sir, this is just a warning. I said, Kabasan. He said, the next one is on you. I said, officer, I can deal with that. Thank you, so." This is why I stretched my hands out to hold his hands, but he left. <laughs> I, no, this is the final verse God gave me for you. That verse changed my... <laughs> Psalms 105 verse 19. Psalms 105 verse 19. Read that text. I think in verse 15 it says, For this is the will of God. Amen. Psalms 105, verse 19. This, this is referring to Joseph. And this is what really got me settled. When I was going through my challenges, I tell you the foot stamp got me settled. It says, Until the time that his word came, the word of the Lord tried him. Before Joseph became the prime minister of Egypt, before he began walking in his calling, the Bible said the prophecy he got when he was 17 years old with his brothers, when the moon and the sun and the stars bowed to him, that was the word, a prophecy given to him in dream. How many of you know prophecies come in dream? Remember when Joseph started getting multiple dreams and he began telling his family and they got mad with him. That was the prophecy. The Bible said until that word came to pass. The word of the Lord tried him. Went to Potiphar's house. On the auction block, naked. Sold to Potiphar. Jailed. Accused. Tried him. The devil was trying to break him down. That's when many of us break down in the process. Sometimes the pressure is too hard. Hear me carefully. If you're going to walk in God's specific will, you have to learn to handle silence. For a long time. I know what I'm talking about. Sometimes you'll think God left. 
40 years it took Moses. Silence. Can you handle silence for 40 years? Can you handle silence like Joseph for 13 years? Even in prison when it's not. Can you handle silence? When the teacher is tested in the class, he or she, they are silent. Because you have been tried and tested. It took me, if only a preacher had said that to me a long time ago. Please take time to meditate on the word and let it sink into your heart and soul and mind today. Knowing that the Christian who meditates on the word will be like a tree planted by the water, bringing forth fruit in its season and prospering in all that he does. But what if you aren't a Christian today? What if you don't know if you're bound for heaven as a forgiven child of God? If that's you, then let's take care of it right now if you're ready. Do you believe that Jesus died for your sins? Are you ready to be forgiven of your sins and washed clean and made new? Are you ready to begin your new life in Christ? Then turn to God right now and say, Lord, I love you. I need you. I repent of my sins. Lord, please forgive me and wash me clean. I receive your forgiveness right now as I put my faith in Jesus as my Savior. God, please lead me and teach me and show me how to live from now on. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And if you're looking for a good church family, you'll be welcomed with open arms at Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee, located at 4750 Capital Circle Southeast near Tram Road. Sunday school begins for all ages at 10 a.m. and the morning service begins at 11. And the Wednesday evening service begins at 7. This is a life-giving, multicultural, multi-generational church where people of all races, backgrounds, and walks of life come together to worship, to be inspired in their love for God, to develop relationships, and to be empowered to live out God's purpose for their lives. Find more information on their website, imitatorsofgodministries.com, or call the church, 850-408-8496.